You're listening to the Gateway Franklin Church Podcast. To learn more about Gateway Franklin Church, including our service times here in Franklin, Tennessee, visit us online at gatewayfranklin.com. And now, here is this week's message. Today we continue the fifth week in our current sermon series, Fire and Wind, a summer of renewal. Last week, Pastor Charlie talked about the importance of being guided and led by the Spirit and that the Holy Spirit is an active, guiding, and leading presence for fruitful living. We've spent the first four weeks uh, of the series talking about the Holy Spirit and the, the introduction to the Holy Spirit. And the next four weeks, we'll be spending talking about the Holy Spirit's role in the church. But today, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit's role in times of refreshing. It is no doubt in our life that we all need times of refreshing. We need times where God really shows up in his presence and, and maybe relieves some, some things that you're going through, some issues you're facing, and, and, and really just come down and, and pour on you, just like a few minutes ago when you were worshiping and you begin to feel something happen on the inside. It's because when the presence of the Lord comes into a room, when the presence of the Lord begins to move, things have to happen. And so we all need times of refreshing in our life. In our spiritual walk with Christ, it's imperative that we have times refreshing. I like sports, I like looking at different sports, racing included. As I moved to the south, I realized I gotta watch racing a lot more because a lot more people like it down here. Uh, but, but one thing about the Formula One motor racing, it's one of the fastest sports in the world. Central to the strategy of winning a Formula One race is the pit stop. No driver, no matter how fast they drive, can win a race without taking a pit stop. In pit stops, the drivers take refreshment, receive instructions, have engine repairs, refuel the tank, and set off on fresh tires. A Formula One race is all about speed and strategy, and it is the timing and management of the pit stop that the race is often won. I don't know about you, but in my spiritual walk, I need to have pit stops where it's just me and God. And I just encountered him in his presence. He begins to give me peace and joy and hope and confidence. That faith that used to be a little rocky, he strengthens my faith. And so I don't want us to underestimate the fact that when you get into the presence of God, maybe a pit stop, he can refresh things in your life that cause you to be able to walk in your purpose in a way that you never have before. Now, let, let me not get this twisted. I'm not just referring about times refreshing as an experience, but I'm talking about times times of refreshing as a lifestyle that even when the doctor calls you and gives you bad news, you can still give God praise because you're living in the refreshing spirit of God and he allows you to stay right in the middle and be able to praise him even when it looks as if you shouldn't. What I love about God is this, is he's not a God that waits for everything to be over with, or he's not a God that's just present in the beginning, but he's a God that's present in the middle of every issue we face, every situation we're going on. Has anybody in this room ever experienced God right in the middle of something? He's refreshed you right in the middle of it. Can I just get an amen in the room? Has he ever just showed up? And that's what I want to talk about today, that we need times of refreshing, no matter what our issues are, no matter what we bring to the table. God says, yeah, I'll take care of your issue, but I want to work on you. I want to get you closer to me. I want the spirit to move in your life more than you've ever had before. And so we need times of refreshing. We read about times of refreshing in Acts chapter 3, verse 19. But before we go there, I would like to give us a backdrop of the story 
As we read in the beginning of Acts 3, Pastor Charlie preached two weeks ago on this text of Peter and John at the man at the gate. They were walking in on the hour of prayer and they saw a beggar at the gate. They could have easily walked by, but I'm going to make that story short because he preached on it two weeks ago, but I want to get somewhere with it. But Peter and John, in other words, they gave him what he needed, not what he wanted. And many times, what I love about God is he doesn't always give me what I want, but he sure will give me everything that I need. And in this moment, Peter and John said, listen, silver or gold have I none, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, get up. And so I want to tell you that when God begins to move and the Holy Spirit gets in you like Peter and John, you'll begin to see miracles and see things happen. And I just got to tell you, you may not get what you want, but you sure will get what you need when you get into a time refreshing with God and you allow him to pour out his spirit in a new and fresh way. And so Peter and John, the Bible even says that Peter took him by his arm and he lifted him up and then they go into the temple together. And I want to catch up in verses 11 through 18, Acts chapter 3, 11 through 18, and then we'll get to our main verse. But Peter goes into the temple and he talks. Now while he was still, verse 11, now while he was still holding on to Peter and John, all the people utterly amazed ran together and crowded around them at the covered porch called Solomon's Portico. And Peter, seeing this, said to the people, you men of Israel, why are you amazed at this? Why are you staring at us as though by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant and son Jesus, doing him his dishonor, the one whom you handed over and disowned and rejected before Pilate. When he decided to release him, but you disowned and denied the holy and righteous one, and ask for the pardon of a murderer to be granted to you. But you killed the prince, author, originator, source of life, whom God raised bodily from the dead. To this fact, we are witnesses, for we have seen the risen Christ. And on the basis of faith in his name, it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know. And the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect health and complete wholeness in your presence. Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, not fully aware of what you were doing, just as your rulers did also. And so God has fulfilled what he foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ, Messiah anointed, would suffer. In other words, what he was saying is, you guys are amazed at this miracle. You're amazed at what just happened. But I want to tell you, you crucified the same Jesus that just created the miracle and made the miracle happen. And the reason why you can see that miracle is the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is on the inside of us. And we saw this miracle take place. But I want to tell you, I don't want to just tell you about what you did wrong. I want to tell you that you can walk in this power. You can walk in this anointing. And you can have times of refreshing. And we find that in Acts chapter 3. Verse 19, Peter tells him this, so repent, change your inner self, your old way of thinking, regret past sins, and return to God. Seek his purpose for your life so that your sins may be wiped away, blotted out, completely erased, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, restoring you like a cool wind on a hot day. I like that part, restoring you like a cool wind on a hot day. I love how the Amplified Version used that and equated a cool wind on a hot day as relegated to times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. 
Now, if you've been outside the last two weeks like me, you will say that it's been very hot and all of us have been wishing to God that a wind would come by. I remember a summer camp for the students that were there at summer camp. They gave us water day. I guess it was Monday or Tuesday. I don't remember at this point. But summer camp, they were saying, oh, it's going to be water day Monday. I looked at the weather because I'm an old guy. And now I look at weather the day before for the next day to find out what to wear, what not to wear, whatever, if I need, a, you know, whatever. And so I looked at that day, and it was going to be like 98 degrees. And I said, oh, God, we're going to die. We're not going to make it back to Gateway. The parents are just going to have to bury, I mean, I don't know. It, we're going to die because we're doing water day at 98 degrees. And then we go out there, and all of a sudden, there was a lot of wind that blew by. It was just very windy that day. And what was supposed to really be a hot day, actually with all the water got really cold and said, okay, this actually turned around for my good. But what I realized is, as I looked at that, a thought came to me is that I'm so thankful on things that should make us miserable, things that should take us out, things that should make us just want to throw in the towel and give up. God brings by his wind, the Ruach, the spirit of God to blow in our lives that what should have killed us has actually made us stronger. And what should have took us out is actually the thing that allows us to praise and worship right in the middle of it all. See, what I realize about the enemy is he can understand a Christian that knows how to praise in the beginning. And he can probably understand a Christian that can do it at the end. But he gets really nervous when he can find somebody that knows how to get refreshing in the middle, that knows how to praise him in the middle, that knows how to honor God in the middle. And I just got to preach for a second and say, is there anybody in this room that says, God, I don't want to wait till it's over. I just want to praise you right in the middle. I want to get my refreshing right in the middle. Right in the middle. There's no doubt that we need a refreshing. You go to Facebook, Instagram, whatever you use, the news. We need refreshing in this world. We need times of refreshing. We need the spirit of God to move like never before. And I'm so, so comforted to know that with the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, we can receive times of refreshing. Peter shares with us in that scripture, Acts 3.19, that in order to experience times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord, we must do two things, repent and return. Somebody say repent and return. Now, this word repentance, it wasn't a doom and gloom. He wasn't trying to be doomy and gloomy with the people. What he was saying is it was a hope-filled repentance that, listen, there's something to live for. There's a purpose that you're going to walk in. And in order to do that, you have to repent. There's hope behind this repentance. There's joy behind this repentance. There's future behind this repentance. And so when you repent and you return... In order to return is you got to think about all that God has done, all that God is doing and think, you know what? There is a purpose on my life. I need to repent. I need to return. Why? Because I want times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. I want to live in times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. We find a similar challenge and call in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. When the Lord is responding to Solomon after he built the temple, if you've been in church a while, you may have heard it. If not, here we go. We're going to do it again. Second Chronicles 7.14 says this. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. 
In other words, we need to repent and we need to turn so what? So God can forgive our sins and he can heal our land. There is something that has to happen on our part for us to really experience a time of refreshing. And I don't know about you, but last time I checked, we need a revival. We need God to break through in revival. And I'm sorry for a second, but it's not gonna happen through the next best thing on the news. It's not gonna happen through a political party. It's gonna happen when people come together and something begins to happen in the atmosphere. We need need a revival. Now, growing up, I used to be a part of a lot of revivals. What I realized is this, a revival is not a set of services. It's not a little thing we put on the calendar, but revival is when people get together, dead things come back to life. Revival is when you were depressed, but now you got joy. Revival is when you were anxious, but now you have peace. And so we need revival on the inside of us so that we can go out and be revival to the earth. We, need, we carry revival on the inside with the spirit and we need to bring revival that everything we speak to, everything that we touch, everywhere we go, the atmosphere begins to shift. God has called us to bring revival to the earth. We can't wait for the next church service. We can't wait for the next event. Revival's on the inside of us. Oh, I feel like preaching. We all have circumstances that we face and challenges that we go through. And sometimes it feels that these challenges have taken the best of us. But when you're in the presence of God and you surrendered your life to the spirit, let me tell you something. Your challenge is an opportunity for God to show up and show out in your life. It's an opportunity for God. Now, spiritually, I'm going to talk about this, but physically in the room, has anyone ever had the wind knocked out of you? in sports or whatever the case may be. Well, I had an experience. I played high school soccer and uh, I was a very, I'm short now and I was really short back then. And I went up against a guy that was real tall. It was like a David and Goliath situation. And so I was going up for a header. And when we went up together, he decided to bring his knee up with him. And so he kneed me in the stomach and I was like about to die, I thought. And so I lost, and you just didn't realize how valuable breath was until you lost it for a moment. And so I began to think about this and the Lord began to speak to me as I was preparing this message and he said, there's gonna be people in this room at Gateway that feel like the wind has been knocked out of them and you feel like the world is just caving in and you feel like you just need a refreshing and you just don't know what else to do. You feel like you're wits in, but I wanna tell you that God wants to bring a second wind in the room today. He wants to touch you today. He wants to put the wind back in your sails. He wants to breathe his ruach, his spirit of God, his wind of God into your life. There is nothing that's too bad that God can't show up and breathe life again. Times of refreshing might not change your circumstance as much as we love it to. Times of refreshing might not change your circumstance, but the Holy Spirit has the power to use it to change you. I'm going to say it again. Times of refreshing might not change your circumstance, but the Holy Spirit has the power to use it to change you. You may walk out of here after experiencing a time of refreshing, and you may still have that doctor's report. You may still have the situation in your marriage. You may have a situation in your home, and it may not change, but I promise you, the person that's walking into the circumstance can leave changed and says, you know what? I'm going to approach this from a different way. I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to surrender to God because the circumstance may not change, but he can change me in the midst of the circumstance. If you believe that, can you just give God praise in the room? Three ways that the Holy Spirit uses times of refreshing in our lives to change us. Number one is he does it to revive. 
The Holy Spirit uses it to revive us. Times of refreshing serve to breathe life and hope back into us. I'm reminded of Ezekiel chapter 37 when Ezekiel had the vision of the valley of dry bones. In this vision, he was asked, can these bones live? Well, obviously, if you're looking at a valley of bones, many of us, if we're in our fleshly state, would say, no, they can't live. They're dead. They've been dead. They're dry. There's no hope. But faith rose within him. And the reason why I know that in the vision is because he, he began to prophesy to the bones. And for he, he spoke the word of the Lord to the bones. And it says that bones and tendons become to come together. Johnny and Susie and Bob. I mean, it was all coming together. And they were all coming as an army. And they stood. But there was one thing that was missing. It said that there was no breath in them. God in the vision, he told him, okay, I want you to pull, call from the four, all the four winds, north, south, east, and west, and I want you to call breath into their bodies. And the Bible says that as he prophesied breath into their bodies, they came up as a great and seedly army. What we're missing is we're not just saved to stand up. We've been called and filled by the Spirit to serve people around us, and we need the Ruach, the fresh wind, the Spirit of God to blow again. Even if you don't understand it, let it blow again. Even if you don't realize what you're feeling, let him blow again. Because when he blows, things begins to change. When he blows, marriages come back together. I feel something now. When, when, when things come together, you don't have to worry about the outcome. Just say, God, change me in the midst of it. And refresh me and revive me. Bring life back together. John 3, 8, it talks about the wind. It says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Have you ever been in a situation when you just feel like it's dire and you just feel like it's over and you just don't know what in the world is going to take place and you're full of the Spirit and you're believing that God's going to do it and all of a sudden just a peace comes by? That's what I call the shalom peace. That it surpasses all understanding. You don't know why you feel so peaceful. You don't know why you feel so joyful. But that's what happens when you're living in the spirit. And you're walking in the spirit. And you're being led and guided by the spirit. That no matter what the circumstance is. That you can praise and you can feel the presence of God. Right in the middle. And right in the midst of it all. So number one, he revives. Number two, the Holy Spirit uses time of refreshing to renovate. I don't know about you, but there's times that I need God to do some things and to change some things in me. Maybe my thinking has been stinking thinking. Maybe things have been, uh, my attitude has been different. I need God to renovate, to freshen my focus. Many of you, we've all moved one time or another. And a few, have, a few years ago, obviously, we moved here. And so I walked into an empty house. There was nothing there. The reason why is because the person before me got all of their stuff out. And it was time for Kim and I to renovate and to arrange the way that we want to live. And so, yeah, the kids took their toys and threw it all over the house. I mean, because that's the way they like to live. I mean, do I have any parents that are in their room? It's just a clutter. It's, it's a disaster. Every time I wake up, they just don't know how to clean it. But anyways, we arranged and rearranged. And, 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 and the house was the way we wanted it to be. Why? Because we pay the bills and it was the way place we wanted to live in the way we wanted to live it in. And I began to think about that. And, and when we surrender our life to God, when we give God all of who we are, we're saying to God, you know what? Here's my house. You can renovate it. You can rearrange it. Yeah, you got to change some attitudes. Yeah, you got to change some mindsets. Yeah, you got to change some stuff within me because I want you to renovate. I want you to rearrange. I want you to change some things in my life because I don't want to leave the same way I came. I didn't get 
dressed up on a 4th of July weekend to leave the same way I came. But I want to leave free. I want to leave with joy. I want to leave with peace. I want to leave with hope. I want to leave with a fresh confidence and faith. Man. And number three, he, he replenishes. So to revive, to renovate, and to replenish. Times of refreshing serve to restore a fresh supply of strength, peace, joy, confidence, and hope. In Jeremiah 31, 25, in the message version, God is, Jeremiah is sharing with God's message to the people. And the message, I like the message version in this because it's just so concise and to the point. It says this. I'll refresh tired bodies and I'll restore tired souls. It wasn't a three-point sermon. It was just simply this. I'll refresh tired bodies. I'll restore tired souls. I know for a fact in this room, there's people that you come to church every week. You're, li- you're, you're doing your Bible studies at home. You're, you, you're a good Christian and God is moving in your life. But there's times you just feel so tired. You feel so weak. Giving out of yourself to everyone else and you're saying, God, I need you today. Even this morning, you came driving and thinking, Lord, refresh me. Lord, pour out your spirit. Lord, do something. Let the word do something. Let the worship do something here today. I need something from you. I've always realized that any time I come with expectation, God always goes beyond my expectation. And God wants to do that for you today. He wants to replenish some things. So Pastor Ryan, I used to have a lot of faith. I used to, I mean, nothing could knock me off of my horse. Nothing could mess me up. And you feel like your faith has been weakened. But what I love about God is that the requirement he gave us for faith is this. Just a grain of a mustard seed and you could tell a mountain to remove. So think about this. Even at your lowest point, you still probably have enough faith to see mountains move. You have enough faith to see God make a way when there seems to be no way. So even in your weakness, the Bible says his grace is sufficient and his strength is made perfect in our weakness. So the Holy Spirit refreshes us by reviving, renovating, and replenishing. You say, well, Pastor Ryan, how do we experience times of refreshing? Thanks for asking. The first one is we need to make room. In our spiritual walk, we have to make room. Sometimes we come to God with so much baggage and clutter and and there's just things everywhere in our spiritual walk. We feel like our spiritual walk's up and down. It's just so cluttered. And God is saying, no, I need you to make room for me so that I can move on your behalf. Room for me so that I can speak to you and, 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 and do something amazing in your life. I have to make room. Times of refreshing come when we make room for the Holy Spirit. In other words, time of refreshing come when we make time for refreshing. Times of refreshing come when we make time for refreshing. So the first one is make room. The second is we need to remove distractions. In this life, it's easy to get distracted by our problems, our stress, our struggles. But we must put those things in their place and allow the Holy Spirit to have free reign. It's hard to drive forward when you're, all you're looking is looking in the rearview mirror, seeing what's behind you. God's trying to get you away from your past, but a lot of times we always resort back to where we've been. And the enemy keeps reminding you of where you've been, but you need to remind him of his future, that he's under your feet, and God has called you for a purpose and called you for such a time as this, and even in this, he wants to refresh you. 
and you need to remove distractions. And third, you need to stay available. Times of refreshing aren't just limited to Sundays. The Holy Spirit desires to refresh us continually. I practically, I feel like my mom had me in a church. I mean, I have lived in a church my whole life. I'm a pastor's kid. I'm 35. I've been to more church services than I can even imagine. I've seen, I just, it's crazy. But one thing I'll tell you this, Sunday to Sunday, things happen. And if I, if I live my life for the next Sunday, Monday through Saturday, I'll be miserable. And so refreshing isn't just set up for Sundays. All those Sundays is great for the family to come together. And something happens when people come together. And I just want to say that there's power in families coming together to church every week. And there's power in that. But you need refreshing Monday through Saturday. When the doctor calls you and says that, you know, a bad, gives you bad news. Or maybe you have an issue. Maybe your kid got hurt. Or you got to take him to the ER. Whatever the case may be. Maybe your, your, your job told you that you have two weeks before you have to leave. Whatever the case may be. You can't wait till Sunday to get refreshed. You have to live in these times of refreshing and allow God to pour out his spirit continually. You gotta stay available. You gotta be willing. Well, Pastor Ryan, after I've had times of refreshing and after I've experienced that, how do I stay fresh? Thank you for asking. The way we stay fresh is this, four things. Personal times of worship. Although I would love to bring all these instruments and the singers to the house and every time I need to worship, they just go ahead and, you know, action. I mean, no, there's times when at my lowest point, you're not going to get a worship set. But one thing you can do is turn on some worship. Anybody in this room, your car is one of your best worship environments. Come on, somebody. I mean, I work at the church, but I'll be coming to Gateway and I'm like, just begin to worship, even in that five, 10, however long it takes me to get here, 15, 20 minutes, that time of worship where it's just me and God, it makes a difference. I was gonna say shower, but I don't wanna talk about that. But some of you know you be having some worship in the shower. But these times of worship, moments where it's just you and God, it makes a difference. Number two, prayer. It's really hard to live for a God that we don't talk to. Communication is key in any relationship. So if you're going to have a relationship with God and the Holy Spirit is going to live on the inside of you, we need to pray. And I'm not, just, I'm not talking about getting a laundry list of all these things that you have to ask God for. What, the most powerful thing I realize about prayer is that sometimes I don't have to say anything. All I have to say is, God, here am I. And he'll begin to download some stuff and begin to minister to my life. Some of the best times I pray is when I let him do the talking. And let him speak into my spirit and speak into my life. And give me that peace and that joy and that hope that I've been looking for. So personal times of worship, prayer. And number three is reading the word of God. If you're like me, three seconds on Facebook and I get angry. And opinions change and, and arguments change. But one thing I've found is that in this book, it doesn't change. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I don't have to bring my problems to Facebook. I don't have to bring my problems to Instagram. But when I open up the word of God and I read that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that no weapon formed against me shall probably, when I begin to read the word of God, atmospheres begin to change. Can I get a witness in this room that the word of God changes things? It changes things. And then number four, surrounding ourselves 
with people that bring refreshing. 1 Corinthians 16, 15 through 18, we read about this. It says this. You know that the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Achaia. And they had devoted themselves to the service of the Lord's people. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to submit to such people and to everyone who joins in the work and labors at it. I was glad when Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaeus arrived because they have supplied what was lacking from you. For they refreshed my spirit and yours also. Such men deserve recognition. You have to get around people and create a circle to where you can pour out and pour your issues out and they come back with prayer and encouragement. You have to be careful who you confide in when you're going through stuff. And your circle matters and who you surround yourself. It should be an atmosphere where they're refreshing you. And you have to be around people that bring refreshment and renewal to your life. And in return, we've all been called to be those refreshing people. God's called us all to strive to be that person that people come to for encouragement and prayer and for refreshment. Team, you can come. I know I'm 35 and some of you here have lived a lot longer than me and you could probably tell me about friendships and, and about surrounding yourselves with people, but one thing I realized is if they're taking out of you more than they're pouring in, you may need to reevaluate the relationship, the friendship. If all you feel you're doing is pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, and then they just help you pour out more and help be more negative, we have to make sure that if we're gonna live in times of refreshing, that we make sure those around us refresh us. And I just made up a word first, or I'm gonna say it again, or defresh us. You won't find it in the dictionary, I promise you. But you don't wanna get around people that just seem to suck the life out of you. You need to find people that help bring life back into you and pour life back into you. I was studying about deer when I was looking at illustrations and just trying, you know, how can we pull this together? And, and one cool thing about deer is this. There are two times when a deer develops tremendous thirst. One is when he is running from danger and the other is when he is facing an opponent in combat. When he is hunted, he will take to the river and stay submerged as long as he can hold his breath. He will then swim downstream in the middle so as not to touch the branches on either side. Sometimes he will stay completely submerged except for his nose. In a chase on land, he becomes so faint that he longs for the refuge and refreshment of the waters. As intently as a hunted animal longs for refuge and refreshment, that is the way we're supposed to long for his presence. And now I know what David was talking about in Psalm 42, one through two, when it says this, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? In this room, you've come with circumstances and things that on your mind and you've been dealing with things in life Monday through Saturday. Maybe you're the one that says, Pastor Ryan, the wind has been knocked out of me. I'm in need of my second wind. I'm in need of the Ruach, the Spirit of God, the wind of God to blow again. Maybe you're here and you say, I'm not going anywhere until God refreshes me and 
pours out his spirit on my life so that I can go out and live out the purpose that God has ordained. Whatever the case may be, I know that God wants to move on hearts and lives in the altar today. You can stand to your feet in the room with me. I know there's people in this room that you say, Pastor Martin, it's been a long time since I felt a refreshing in his presence. It's been a long time since I felt such a peace and joy and hope that's just flooded and filled my soul. And I'm not saying that today is going to be the the only thing you need, this is going to be the spark and the kickstart for what God wants to do in your life. But I believe that something that can start here can change the trajectory of your life. As you call out for God and as you pursue a time of refreshing, as you make room here today, I believe that God can refresh you and pour out his spirit in a fresh way. I believe a fresh wind can blow in this place. That may not change your circumstance, but it can change you. As always, there's communion on both sides. You can partake of that. But I believe in this room, somebody needs to respond to the altar and say, no, Pastor Ryan, I need a time of refreshing. Maybe you need to grab the hand of the person next to you to come with you, but I believe that as we sing about the fresh wind that God's gonna blow, the Holy Spirit is gonna blow through this place. And he's gonna give you that fresh shalom peace that hope, that joy, that confidence, that faith you've been longing for. The presence of God is going to begin to move on your heart and on your life. So after I'm done praying, I ask that you come to the altar and respond in that way. Father, we thank you. God, I pray that you'll refresh every heart, that you'll refresh every mind in this place. God, that we'll take our focus off of the issue and the situation and that we'll allow the Spirit of God to move in our heart and our life and bring us that refreshing and that renewal and that restoration and that revival we've been longing for. Have your way in this place. Do it now, God. Every heart, refresh every soul in Jesus' name. We hope you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. Again, to learn more about Gateway Franklin Church, find us online at gatewayfranklin.com. Thanks for joining us today.